So it's another day in the shed. 7.30, I'm walking into work, already starting to sweat. So you know it's going to be a good day when you're sweating at 7.30. I poke my head out of the shed. The car park's chockers, so it's going to be busy. So 10 o'clock, couldn't come around fast enough. Uh, Smoko. Uh, the boys are throwing their tools down, and uh, they're heading across the road for a feed. I grab my phone, uh, Smoko, pull up a chair. I was uh, tearing through Facebook, and I thought before I head back to work, I'll quickly check my emails. And in my junk box, I find an email from Brian Cox um, with the little subject line said discovery uh, with an exclamation mark. I thought, this is strange. So I opened it and it read that they'd made an amazing discovery using a classification of mine uh, in a little web app called Exoplanet Explorers. And I thought to myself, this is weird. It also went on to say, basically asking me whether I'd like to be interviewed live on the show. And I thought, whoa, this really escalated quickly. But I guess my obsession with astronomy, I mean, it's been coming for a long time. When I was younger, I grew up in Leanya, and <laughs> we had this old rectangle trampoline, like a really crusty, rusty one with no safety nets, you know, full of holes and springs that could pinch you so hard you'd, it'd make you cry. Now we'd, we'd have a barbecue, and just after the sun went down, we'd, we'd lay out on this uh, really crusty trampoline and just look up at the stars and sort of spot the satellites drifting across the night sky. It was almost a ritual. I guess this is probably what led to my obsession with uh, the sci-fi genre, or Star Trek in particular. Um, I've probably watched every episode ever made. Um, you know you, you know it's not real, but I guess you just like to think and you go, you know, what else is out there? Is it you know, travelling through the stars? It, yeah, it's uh, definitely cemented my love for astronomy. Uh, towards my teen years, uh, high school, I guess I sort of put, push my astronomy and you know, love for sci-fi and space to the side a little bit. I guess other things got in the way. Um, you know, school, friends, cars, computer games. I mean, I hate to say I hid my passion for astronomy, but I guess I did want to hide from the, you know, the stigma that my peers would call me a nerd or label me as a nerd. Because um, actually around this time, I met Sarah. Um, she's beautiful, like warm-hearted, pretty as a picture. It's a funny story. I was at my mum's house just one night for dinner and I guess nostalgically we were out the back sort of laying down and just watching the sky for little satellites and I remember hearing laughing over the back fence and it was Sarah and her friend uh, that were sitting on the roof uh, laughing at us. You know, <laughs> Who knew seven years later she'd actually buy me my first telescope and nine years later we'd be engaged. So a few years went past, or a few years passed I'm in my early 20s and I discover I have enough equipment to attempt some amateur astrophotography. Astrophotography is basically regular photography, just of things in space. Um, it's quite an involved process, uh, a lot of Google, uh, uh, YouTube tutorials, and I thought I was about ready to uh, have a go at doing a photo. So being born in the territory, we don't mind a bit of fishing. Um, one evening we uh, shot out to Channel Island. Um, Sarah and her old man, and we, well, as they were sort of rigging up, you know, putting hooks on, getting the bait ready, I had my telescope gear out and all my uh, astronomy gear out, and you know, set my camera up and tripod, and had a pair of binoculars, and I was buzzing the sky, sort of looking for something to image. 
I guess towards the west, there was a little bit of a fuzziness I could see, so I pointed the lens towards it. It's quite an involved process. It takes two or three hundred photos, and then there's hours and hours of editing. So after coming home, catching nothing, yeah, we, you know, after the proce uh, editing process, you know, I was in awe of what I'd captured. There was just this, like, three-dimensional, just, you know, glowing region of gas and stars. It was magnificent to look at. A um, little bit of Google... Uh, research I'd found I'd imaged a nebula called M43, so it's it's basically a, a star birthing nebula. So in this area of glowing gas, uh, stars were being born; they were being created. I mean, I was just in awe of what I'd captured. I, I stared at it for hours. I think I woke Sarah up about 1:30, and she <laughs> wasn't as impressed as I was. <laughs> um, I think it was about then. I mean, I was just amazed I could I could capture this beautiful image with, you know, a basic DSLR and a $15 tripod from eBay. I think it was about then I think I realized I needed a telescope. So my 23rd birthday was close. And uh, to my surprise, Sarah had, my, I guess my then girlfriend of about three years, uh, surprised me with one. So it was a reflecting type with an equatorial mount. So basically what that did is line up the rotation of the telescope with the rotation of the Earth, so it can track the sky. That's pretty cool. <laughs> if you like telescopes. <laughs> so over the next 12 months, um, I bought a little adapter uh, to attach my camera. And I imaged anything I could, everything and anything. So I probably spent more hours awake at night than during the day. Um, but like with everything in life, you soon discover that big is never big enough. There's a term in uh, the astro, oh, I guess the amateur astronomy world called aperture fever, which, which basically means you always end up wanting a bigger telescope. <laughs> but like with everything, your bigger telescope, much bigger price, and it just goes up like an exponential curve. It's ridiculous. So the 4th, 5th, and 6th of April, there was an astronomy show uh, with Brian Cox called Stargazing Live. Now, he's a bit of a legend. Um, he's an astrophysicist from the UK. He's a bit of a legend if you're into astronomy. And I thought, yep, I'm in. I booked the TV from Sarah for a solid hour each night. I guess being an amateur astronomy at the time, I felt like a bit of a king of a lonely thing. I didn't really know anyone else at the time that was into astronomy, and it wasn't really a, a very, I guess, wasn't really publicised as much as, I, you know, as as it should be. So Thursday morning comes, I'm at work, I get an email that turned into phone calls with producers that ended up with me coming home at half past four with uh, like a satellite transmitter, satellite dish set up in my backyard and my back veranda looking like a new studio. So I jump in the shower, I throw on the only collared shirt I think I own and they wire me up like a secret agent. I had like earpieces in and microphones and there's cables running everywhere. And the time comes where I literally, I'm staring down this camera and I go live on TV. I mean, I, I was shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> like I was sweating bullets. <laughs> and um, in the little earpiece I hear, I'm staring down this camera and uh, Brian Cox tells me that I've discovered a, well, my classification in the little web app that they have has led them to find a four-planet solar system that is 600 light years away from Earth. And uh, I was just... 
I mean, I was standing there like a stunned mullet. I just, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I'd found an entire solar system. And um, I, mean, I mean, I was ecstatic. I, I couldn't believe that, that something, you know, I felt to be so, you know, minuscule um, could become something so amazing. It, you know, it, um, it still amazes me today. It makes me feel like when I was younger, back sitting on the trampoline, Watching the satellites drift by, I could just I just get that feeling like a yeah, it's awesome. I guess I'm still a mechanic by day, but I guess I really do live for the night sky. Thank you. Woo!